Hello and welcome to Genius Little Minds, the podcast about childhood mental health from the perspective of a licensed mental health professional. I'm Dr. Madeline Vieira, a clinical child psychologist specializing in infant mental health and childhood anxiety disorders. I'm also a mother of three girls, ages seven, four, and three, so I can personally relate to a lot of the struggles parents go through. Raising healthy children is important. So on each episode of Genius Little Minds, we'll dive into an aspect of childhood mental health. I'm here to shine a light on the tough issues that families like you are facing every day. Things like childhood mood disorders, anxiety, tricky family dynamics, and more. I'll guide you through the various aspects of children's mental health so you not only understand your child better, but also feel empowered as a parent to make decisions and help them seek treatment if it's needed. My mission is to demystify childhood mental health issues so you can connect with your child better and help them lead a healthy, happy life. Throughout the podcast, I'll help you understand the signs, symptoms, and treatments for various childhood psychological disorders. We'll talk about how you can best support your child both at school and at home and how to find professional help if necessary. Together, we'll navigate tough topics like infant attachment, toddler tantrums, signs of anxiety, ADHD, and childhood depression, intrusive thoughts or obsessive behaviors, and so much more. So, whether you're having trouble bonding with your newborn or you have an older child displaying behavioral difficulties, this podcast is for you. I work with infants and children with a wide range of mental health concerns. If you gain one thing from this podcast, it's that you are not alone. Thousands of families struggle with the same things that you do. And the good news is, help is available. I believe that with the right information, you can make empowered decisions for your family. Do you remember what it was like to play as a child? Carefree hours spent coloring, finger painting, playing make-believe, or running around barefoot on a warm summer night? Play is how your child learns, and besides being downright fun, it allows your child to practice new skills, learn to problem-solve, use their creativity, and develop a willingness to take risks. It's an amazing opportunity for growth and discovery, and your toddler actually needs play for healthy brain development. Play is so essential to child development that it has been recognized as a basic human right all children should have access to by the United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights. Play offers your child the chance to develop their cognitive, physical, social, and emotional functioning and well-being. When they're between one and two years old, your toddler is developing crucial problem-solving and play skills. Have you ever wondered why toddler toys include nesting cups, chunky wooden puzzles, or busy boxes with buttons to push, switches to flip, and dials to turn? It's because at this age, toddlers are learning about size and shapes and how objects fit or are used together. They're learning to explore the world, and eventually, they'll learn how to play well with others. Children actually progress through six stages of play development during early childhood. The first stage of play is called unoccupied play and happens in the first three months of your baby's life. When babies engage in unoccupied play, They're typically exploring things around them and learning how their bodies move. Tummy time is an example of unoccupied play. Next comes solitary play, which typically happens between the age of zero to two. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Solitary play is when your child is entertaining himself by playing alone. He's not all that interested in playing with anyone else yet, and he may not even notice or acknowledge other children. Sometimes this worries parents, but it's actually quite normal. 
and it's an opportunity for your toddler to master motor or cognitive skills and freely explore. He's gaining so much by playing independently, learning about cause and effect, developing motor skills, and engaging with his surroundings. So enjoy this break from having to entertain your child and let him engage in solitary play. Now, just because your child enjoys playing alone doesn't necessarily mean your child is left alone. You always want to make sure your child is playing safely, and for babies and toddlers, that means supervision. The next stage of play in childhood development is onlooker or spectator play, which usually starts around age two. If your toddler is content to just watch other children play at the park, then she's engaging in onlooker play. The active part of this stage of play isn't playing at all. It's the watching that counts. Again, sometimes parents worry that if their child is engaging in onlooker play, then it must mean that they're too anxious, lonely, or scared to play with others. That's not necessarily the case. Onlooker play is a very normal part of development. Children can learn a lot about social rules, how to play with objects, toys, materials, or other children by watching people interact. Parallel play also begins around age two. This is when a child plays beside another child, but not with them. If your twins are happy to sit beside each other on your living room floor and play with their own respective toys, they're engaging in parallel play. As they're playing independently, they're learning to mimic behavior, watch others, and explore other points of view. Associative play is the next stage and final stage in early childhood play, and typically occurs around age three. During associative play, your child finally begins to interact with his or her peers. This type of play is usually disorganized, like running around in a circle or playing dress up. But when they're engaging in associative play, your toddler is displaying an interest in playing with others, which indicates a significant shift in their development. Associative play encourages language development, problem solving, and social cooperation skills. Sharing is a big concern parents have as they don't want to raise the most selfish kid on the playground. But as I mentioned in our last episode, Sharing is a skill that most children don't develop until they're about three and a half or four years old. You can teach your older toddler to share by modeling it. Try playing cooperative games or doing things together that require taking turns. Walk your toddler through the steps by saying things like, it's your turn to place a block on the tower. Then it's my turn to place a block. Then it's your turn again. When we share the blocks, we both get to have fun. Sharing is a skill to be learned, just like walking or talking, and will take practice and patience. You can also teach your toddler that it's okay for them to have some things they don't want to share. Perhaps they have a favorite toy they don't want their sibling or friend using. Some special toys can be off limits, and that's okay. They can be put in a place for safekeeping until the play date is over. You can ask ahead of time what toys might be fun to play with together before seeing a friend. And you can also explain to your child that sharing is not the same thing as giving something away. When sharing does happen, be sure to praise it, saying something like, I like the way you let Cassandra play with your fire truck. Great job sharing. Can go a long way. You may or may not have heard of something called play schemas. So let me explain. If I had to guess, I'd say your toddler probably engages in some pretty frustrating, confusing, or undesirable behaviors. You may wonder what the heck is going on in their brain sometimes. At times, when we think our young children are just misbehaving or being bad, they're really exploring a play schema. 
If you've ever noticed your toddler doing the same thing over and over again, like throwing things off of their high chair, for example, then you know what I'm talking about. A play schema is repetitive play, and toddlers use it to identify patterns and develop an understanding in their minds of how things work. There are nine common play schemas which we'll cover today. You may be wondering how throwing things is an example of play rather than bad behavior, so let's dig in. Trajectory. For a busy parent serving up dinner, it can be hard to share your toddler's enthusiasm for watching their food fall to the floor. But to your toddler, they're engaging in fascinating scientific exploration. Will their pasta splatter, smash, or bounce off the floor? How long will it take to hit the floor? They're endlessly curious about how things fall, and this misbehavior is actually them engaging in what's called the trajectory schema. It may be hard to believe, but they're learning something new with every throw, push, or drop of a pasta noodle. See if you can get them interested in rolling toy cars down a ramp or gently pushing a toy off of a couch to see where it lands instead. They're fascinated in the way objects fall and move. And can you blame them? Connecting. Another example of a play schema is called the connection schema. If your child is obsessed with connecting train tracks, Lincoln logs, or makes long sticks by putting all their markers together, they're likely interested in the connection schema. This is where your child is learning how to connect objects, tie things together, or connect and then disconnect things. Try making paper chains or holding hands and forming a circle to explore this through play. Transporting. Is your toddler constantly putting rocks in her backpack or carrying odd things around the house? A bag of rice, dirty socks, a potato? I've heard it all. It might seem like toddlers are strange little creatures with bizarre habits, but if they're engrossing in carrying things from point A to point B, they're likely exploring the transportation schema. Children exploring this schema can be rather useful. Give them a task such as picking up and putting away their toys or having them carry an apple from the car to the kitchen after you've done your grocery shopping. They'll feel so accomplished to have helped while learning the ins and outs of transporting things. Positioning. Does your toddler like arranging her toy cars by color or size? Does she line up her stuffed animals just so? Then she may be exploring the positioning schema. To encourage this exploration through play, try creating patterns with sticks, flowers, or seashells. Simple block stacking works too. Your child is learning how to line up items and put them in groups. Enveloping. Is your child fascinated by Russian nesting dolls or have you found bits of pretzel, cracker, or other snacks inside your guitar and wondering how they got there? If this sounds familiar, your toddler is likely engaging in the enveloping schema where they're learning how to cover themselves or objects. Exploring this schema together by playing doctor or providing bandages, making sock puppets, or wrapping toys up in different types of fabric. Your toddler is exploring the concept of hiding objects and is then trying to determine what happens in different scenarios. Do the snacks and the guitar disappear when they're dropped inside? Or are they still visible? If a teddy bear is wrapped in paper towels, is it still possible to see and feel him? All of these types of questions and more are explored through play. In closing, does your toddler enjoy filling cups with water during bath time or love sitting in an old Amazon box in your living room? If this sounds familiar, your toddler is likely exploring the enclosing schema. They're learning about boundaries, containers, fences, and organizing spaces. You can encourage this through play by making a cardboard house together 
coloring inside a shoebox or creating a moat around a sandcastle. There are so many fun possibilities as your toddler learns how to create boundaries in pictures or in the physical world. Rotation. Does your toddler love rolling around on the floor or doing somersaults? Or are they obsessed with spinning the wheels on their toy train? Then your child may be exploring the rotation schema. To encourage this exploration through play, you can mix or whisk together baking ingredients, turn keys in locks, or play with pinwheels together. In this schema, your child is finding joy in spinning items, running in circles, or being swung around. Orientation. Have you told your toddler to stop standing on the sofa a hundred times? Do you find her looking at the world upside down or playing games on her side? Then she's likely exploring the orientation schema. She's becoming interested in how things look from a different angle or point of view. Toddler gymnastics, lying flat on the floor while playing, or sitting on your shoulders are all ways to engage with the orientation schema. Transforming. Does your child love, to your dismay, to drop food inside her water cup and watch it melt, float, or disintegrate? Or maybe mixing red and blue paints together for finger painting is your toddler's favorite pastime? Then they're likely exploring the transforming schema. This is when your toddler explores how materials change, like going from a solid to a liquid back to a solid again. Play together with Play-Doh or create a mud kitchen by adding water to dirt in different containers to explore this schema. Your toddler will be delighted by how the mud changes over time. It can be really satisfying to determine what schema your toddler is most interested in at the moment and provide toys and activities centered around this. Understanding schemas can also help you see that the odd things your toddler is doing are really not all that odd, after all. Rather, they're a fantastic, beautiful learning opportunity, and you're not only witnessing it, but nurturing it. Messy play. Speaking of mud kitchens, let's talk about messy play. It's important for children, and especially toddlers, to explore with their senses. Research shows that motor and visual skills in early childhood are related to math and language skills as a child grows up. So, simple activities that build fine and gross motor skills are important. Playing with jello, shredded paper, shaving cream, or oblek, a mixture of cornstarch and water, provides your child with an opportunity to explore texture, smell, consistency, and engage the senses for a fun, messy experience. It's best to do messy play in a defined area so your toddler knows what's okay and what isn't. An organized environment makes messy play safer and sets up appropriate expectations. If you use a tarp for messy play indoors, for example, putting the tarp out with supplies signals the beginning of messy play, while putting the tarp away signals the end of messy play. Some children are sensitive to their sensory input and don't enjoy messy play. Every toddler is different and has different tolerance levels. Support your children in their exploration. Your toddler may prefer messy play that doesn't make their hands wet, for example. So playing with loose papers or other textured materials that aren't sticky will be more enjoyable for them. Even walking barefoot in the grass or playing in the sandbox can be a wonderful sensory experience. It doesn't have to be complicated to be impactful. Hopefully by now it's clear that playing with your toddler doesn't always have to include toys. You can go for a nature walk and explore the natural world. Outside play is actually really important for a child's development. Playing outside with a toddler might include 
throwing and chasing after tennis balls, jumping over cracks in the sidewalk, hiding behind trees, splashing in puddles or chasing bubbles. Playing outside helps your toddler develop motor skills, strengthen their body, improve self-confidence, and practice skills like throwing a ball. Plus, spending time in the sunshine can boost your child's immune system, boost their mood, and release pent-up energy in joyful ways. Another added benefit is people who regularly played outside as children tend to grow up to value nature and care for the environment as adults. As always, now is the portion of the podcast where I take caller questions. On every episode, we hear from parents from all over the world in the hopes that will help you get some clarity on how to support your child. Hello, this is Veronica from Dallas, Texas. My two-year-old is just starting to get into sensory play. She really likes playing with oats, but I don't like being wasteful. I know oats are relatively cheap, but it just doesn't sit right with me to let her play with food and then throw it away. Do you have any ideas for safe sensory play that doesn't include using food? Hi, Veronica. This is a great question. Sensory play is so important for healthy development in those early years. There are many options that are not wasteful and can be used over and over. It is important to note that you should make sure your child is no longer mouthing toys before doing sensory experiences that don't involve food. You should always remain with your child while they explore to make sure that they stay safe and don't eat any of the objects. Nature is a great supplier of sensory experiences. Hunting through your backyard or a park will yield many objects you can use in a sensory bin, such as earth, rock, leaves, or flowers. You may also have bird seed that you can use on its own or with other materials. The best part is that if they spill, there's often very little cleanup needed. Inside your home, some options include Play-Doh, paint, pom-poms, or wood beads. Though they aren't reusable, soapy water and ice play can be easy, low-waste options. You can even add in their favorite cars to clean or polar animals to hang out on the ice cubes. Another idea is fabric scraps that are cut into various shapes and sizes. If you're a seamstress, this is a great way to give these little pieces a second life. Fake snow, usually sold in the winter and around the holiday season, feels funny in little fingers and can be used again and again. If you have a whole mix of small toys, put them all in the sensory bin and make up an I spy card. Then your daughter can dig and look until she finds every object on the list. I hope you and your daughter have so much fun together. Hi there. I'm Lawrence calling from Atlanta, Georgia. My son used to love going to the playground near our house, but for the past couple of weeks, he has been screaming and crying hysterically when we get to the park and I take him out of his stroller. Uh, I'm at a loss. I'm at a total loss. He hasn't had any traumatic experiences outside as far as I know. So, so... So I have no idea what could be causing this. How can I encourage my toddler to get outside without feeling like I'm tormenting him? Hi, Lawrence. Thanks for calling in with this question. It can be unnerving when your child is so upset and you have no idea. Hopefully, I can give you some helpful suggestions. 
Getting to the root of the problem is the first step. When he's calm at home, ask him about it. You can say, I've noticed you are feeling some big feelings at the park lately. What is making you feel that way? Depending on your son's level of understanding, he may or may not be able to pinpoint what sets him off at the park or be able to articulate the fear to you. This is normal for a toddler. Toddler brains are very present in the here and now, but struggle to understand past and future events. Their sense of time and memory are still developing. If your son can't explain to you what's wrong, it may be time for some sleuthing. Try going to a different park to see if it's something at that specific park that sets him off. You can also try playing outside of your home to see if the same meltdown happens in a different outdoor setting. It's also possible that your son is simply feeling a strong desire to not be at the park. If this is the case, he will likely grow out of it naturally. There are times that our children's fickleness works in our favor, and this may be one of them. When you feel comfortable, walk him to the park and just sit beside him in the stroller. Don't attempt to get him out until he feels uncomfortable. You don't want to create negative memories for him of the park. As you just sit with him, he will likely decide at some point that he wants to get out of the stroller. If you lift him out and he just wants to sit on your lap, that's okay. Give him time to feel secure. Continue going to the park often so that he has plenty of opportunities to work through his feelings. All the emotions of toddlerhood can be difficult to understand at times, but listen to your son and his cues. You got this. Hello, Dr. Vieira. Uh, thank you for taking my call. This is Katya from Latvia. Um, my three and a half year old son started preschool this fall and um, uh, he appears to be very withdrawn when he is there. What I mean, uh, according to the teachers, he rarely approaches or plays with the other kids, which is so odd to me because uh, at home or with his cousins, he is a social butterfly. I want to know, should I be worried and uh, how can I encourage him to play with other kids without making him feel bad? Thank you. Katja, thanks for taking the time to call in. The transition into structured school is a big one and every child handles it in their own unique way. While I don't know exactly what's going on with your son, I have a few suggestions. First and foremost, remember to give it time, especially if he's never attended daycare or been away from you for long periods of time. The adjustment period can be longer than you anticipate. It does make a difference when a child knows that their primary caregiver is just in the other room. That may explain why he feels comfortable playing with his cousins at your family functions. He knows that you are still there and that he is safe to play and enjoy himself. It may just take longer to feel this level of comfort at preschool. It may help to casually ask him questions about school to find out how he's feeling without guiding the conversation too much. You could ask, how do you feel at school? What do you do at school? Who do you like to play with? He may say, there is so much happening at school. My friends are all talking at one time and I want to listen to them all, but I can't. Everybody's playing something different, so I can't decide what I want to play. This may be your son's way of saying that he's overstimulated at school. There may be measures the teachers can take to help reduce this, or it may just get better with time as he gets used to the environment. There's a multitude of other concerns your child could say are bothering him that are common issues children have. These might be finding it hard to talk to other children or feeling unsure because they don't know the answers to the teacher's questions. 
listen to what he has to say, and brainstorm solutions with him. After your conversation, you may feel that another conversation with the teacher is warranted, or you may want to give it a few weeks and then reevaluate. You know what is best for your child. If the problems persist for a longer period of time, you should consider consulting a mental health professional for potential diagnoses such as social anxiety or selective mutism. While it's more likely that it's just in an adjustment period, there may be some underlying issues that need to be addressed. Follow your gut and know that it's always okay to reach out for extra support. Toddler behaviors can seem quite peculiar. I hope this episode helps you see that so much of your toddler's behavior includes valuable learning that will help them for years to come. Here are three key points to remember about toddler play. One, if your toddler enjoys playing alone or just watching other children as opposed to engaging with them, that's completely normal. Solitary play or onlooker play are a normal part of childhood development and over time, your child will become more interested in playing with others. Two, your toddler's seemingly inexplicable and odd behaviors may be the exploration of a particular play schema. So the next time your toddler carries a potato around the house or insists on dropping pancakes on the floor, remember the transportation and trajectory schemas and take a well-deserved deep breath. You're doing great. Three, respect your child's tolerance for messy play, but encourage the exploration of different types of sensory experiences. If your child prefers not to get their hands wet or dirty, try messy play with dry materials like shredded paper or felt. It will give them a sensory experience, but one that's more suited to their preferences. I hope you found today's episode on toddler play informative and helpful. Stay tuned because next time we'll cover all your burning questions about toddlers and what they eat. What they should, shouldn't, and can eat. How to offer foods with different textures, tastes, and colors, and when your child should practice feeding him or herself. See you next time, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.